You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Inside Icons under pressure. 29-6 for the third quarter. Top of the straight, 250 to go. He's got a good hold on at Alford. I'm Wesley leading. Good time, Bravo's flat chat the outside. Auckland Red needs a run. Barramack the favourite, making heavy weather of it. Aviro's wider. I'm Wesley's in front. The puppet goes to work, looking for win number 8,000. Barramack and Auckland Red are trying hard. I'm Wesley's in front, though, and he's done it. Alford for 8,000. I'm Wesley has held off Barramack and... Not a bad achievement, Chris Alford, 55 years of age. His first drive was October 84, 138 Group 1s under his belt. A long list of champions and um, just an ornament to the sport of harness racing. And uh, Chris Barsby joins us. How are you, Chris? Steve, I'm well. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, one word uh, sums up Chris Alford, champion. Yeah. He's an absolute champion. 8,000 victories. And just to put that into perspective, Steve... The nearest rival is the late, great Gavin Lang, and he's about 1,700 wins behind. So that just shows what sort of class Chris Alford is in. Interesting tweet from his wife. Apparently he wasn't that confident, and he said to her, look, come come the next night, I'll drive a winner then. Don't worry about coming to Ballarat. So she was dirty, <laughs> she wasn't there. <laughs> Yeah, but the main thing is he's got there now, so uh, he's in rarefied air. No other driver in Australian harness racing history, in Australasian harness racing history, has that amount of wins against their name. So, uh, as you said, he's an ornament to the game. He's driven so many great horses. He's driven in so many big races, won so many of those big races. So... He's just an absolute champion. Mm, I know one of your favourites he was involved in, Golden Rain. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was a horse that I just love, Golden Rain, and Chris Alford was a, a key part of that team with Noel Alexander and Jane uh, Jane Davies. So uh, his victory uh, in Christchurch back in 1995, winning the Inter-Dominion, uh, forever burned in my memory, Steve, and it was just a, a wonderful drive because... In a star-studded lineup, he caught them all by surprise with his tactics that day with uh, Golden Rain. Lenny the Shark was another one that he rates very highly. Yeah, absolutely. Another one that he had inter-dominion success with, uh, just like Golden Rain. Uh, that horse was prepared by David Aiken, achieving that big moment over in the West at Gloucester Park. So, very special horse. Won a miracle mile with Lenny the Shark as well. So, uh, that's a, a, a horse that is near and dear to the heart of Chris Alford. You just mentioned it, David Aiken. He's with us now on Mobile Rolling. David, good morning. Good morning, Chris. He's an ornament to the game, isn't he, Chris Alford? He's just an absolute champion. Yeah, you know, you don't realise... Um, when, you know, if you're not um, close with it, you don't realise how much work they put in, you know, um, the drivers here, um, and especially Chris. He uh, he works so hard and, um, you know, he just deserves everything he gets, you know, and he's got a... You know, just uh, his competitiveness is just crazy and... Uh, yeah, no, we're, we're all very proud of him down here. Yeah, no doubt. How big a role did he play with Lenny the Shark? For all that he achieved, Lenny the Shark, how big a role did he play, Chris Alford? Oh, he was vital, you know. They just suited each other and, um, you know, I was happy. You know, I think I drove Lenny once or twice. Um, but other than that, um, another reason probably... I, 
uh, I drove him because Chris couldn't. But um, you know, he he just knew the horse so well. Um, he suited Chris's driving, you know, and uh, yeah, it was just a for everyone involved. It was just a really good relationship. Um, between that lovely driver and a horse. David, it's Steve. Just on Chris's driving, you said he suited Chris's driving. What's his style then? Explain that to listeners what you mean by that. Well, he, he you know, Chris is, um, he just likes to put them in a spot where they can win. Um, you know, a couple of times there he had to, because Lenny was such a good horse, he, you know, he had, he had to use him a couple of times in a race where, um, you know, a lot of horses you couldn't, but Chris knew exactly... Um, how far he could go with it, and uh, he was very successful doing it. You know, he uh, um, he drove him. Uh, you know, I remember when he won the Miracle Mile, he sat outside the leader, and he had Lazarus on his back, and you know, Mark's three other good ones, uh, Smolder and Wakey Beach, like uh, like right on his on his hammer, and um, and I thought I said to him before the race, I said, um, "What do you think?" He said, "I'm going to drive him like I stole him." And uh, you know he drove him like he drove him like the best horse, and we end up winning the Miracle Mile, which was terrific. Mm. I want to talk to you about a number of things this morning. Uh, we're talking about Chris Alpha being a legend of the game. You're a legend of the game as well. On Saturday night, you're going to go to Cranbourne with one of your star performers, Max Delight. Now, you're hoping to become uh, the man that can take down the current superstar pacer of the sport in leap to fame. Max Delight is a very good horse. He's He's only about five thousand, or just over five thousand dollars away from cracking a million dollars in earnings. So, can you do it with Max Delight? Can he get over the top of Leap to Fame in that cup? Ah, uh, well, Leap to Fame's got a bad draw, and so, and so have we. But you know, um, yeah, realistically, like um, Leap to Fame, he's the. Um, you know, I said it a lot of times when I had Hector JJ and, and Lenny. You know, you have really nice horses and until you get that special horse you don't realise how much better they are than the other ones and I think it's the case on Saturday night Leap to Fame um, you know, he's a champion and um, at the moment to me looks fairly you know, barring bad luck he's fairly invincible at the moment he, you know, Grant's got him going super and, well, he's had him going super all his life but um, I, you know Max Delight's been a great horse over the years but Every time he's won a big race, he had to have the trip to do it, uh, where Leap to Fame can make his own luck. So, you know, I think that, I think there's a class difference there. Mm. Um, one's a really nice horse, and I think uh, Leap to Fame, another couple of years we'll be talking about him, is one of their best ones. Yeah, I was just about to say the same to yourself and Chris, you know. They're very good horses, but he's exceptional, isn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't... He doesn't uh, you know, he, he can take bad luck out of the or bad draws out of the equation. Where Max Delight, all through his career, hasn't been able to do that. Just, just on that, you would have watched the replay of last week's Hunter Cup with Max Delight finishing third behind Leap to Fame and Don't Stop Dreaming. There's a school of thought that Don't Stop Dreaming, if he doesn't go rough at the top of the lane, he probably gets Leap to Fame. Do you buy into that or not? No. 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 Not. Not at all. Uh, no, I, I think, uh, yeah, uh, he, uh, no, I think he would have still stuck his head out, you know, he, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think, oh, you can't, you can't say, you can't say things, you can't take that win away from Luke the phone, you know, if other horse yeah. got rough, that's his, that's his bad luck, and, um, uh, you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not taking anything away from Luke the phone, or both the, both the, well, Mark's horse was, horse performance was fantastic, but, uh, no, I'm not, 
Yeah, it, it, it was, uh, he did the work. When he went past me, uh, I watched the race from. Um, always watch him in the same spot. It's about 100 metres past the winning post. A little quiet little spot there. And when Leap of Fame was making his way to the front, he was he was smoking. You know, he 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 he, he, he was an aggressive move by Grant, so I had to use him up fairly hard to, to get there. And I thought, you know, like he, he was he, he just didn't get there and got a cheap. He had to work for it. So. And, um, you know, he, he went both ends of the race. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to talk about uh, with Max Delight, as I said, he's verging on a million dollars in stakes. He's been a terrific horse for you. He's won so many derbies. He's won a Victoria Cup Grand Circuit races. Will this be the first time that you've trained a horse that's gone past a million dollars in earnings? Apart um, from Lenny the Shark? Uh, Hector. Hector, Hector one, yeah, right yeah, Hector won one point yeah. one maybe. Yep. Yeah. 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 And I had Ultra Jet, which I only had him in in, in the part of his year, and he just uh, just under. But yeah, no, that's he. He's the first. Uh, oh no, yeah, and Lenny. Yeah, Lenny won three. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So um. And yeah, and Hector. Yeah. So they're they're uh, them the two pinup boys. Yeah, uh, David, you're, you're 64 years of age. You've trained over. 2,500 winners, over 30 Group 1 winners. The other big news thing with, with you at the moment, you're about to, to relocate from your, your property in Victoria at Avenel there. You're going to train on course at Menangle. So this is a move that obviously uh, hasn't been taken lightly. You've been thinking long and hard about it, but it's it's happening. And I'm also led to believe that trucks are arriving this morning taking horses up to Sydney. So how long has this been in the pipeline? Um... Probably about five years. <laughs> uh, no, it's, we've, you know, we've, we've talked about it a lot. Um, I think COVID sort of pushed things along, and I got diagnosed with prostate cancer, and I got a still, I got a few, you know, that hasn't sort of, uh, that's still hanging around a little bit. Um, so, uh, you know, we decided that, um, we, you know, just slow down a little bit, um, do a few things that we want to do. Uh, Josh, we still are at the farm. We haven't sold the farm. Um, so I could see myself being backwards and forwards a little bit, but it's... Um, and Colleen's, uh, she's a teacher and she does special needs and she got a job um, through NDIS in Sydney, which is um, it's going to be a good job for her. And, um, you know, she she's a little bit worn out with the farm where it doesn't really bother me, but it was just one of those things where she supported me for a lot of years and it was time for me to sort of just, you know, what, what what she wanted to do. And so, and we've been to Menangle, you know, three or four times with satellite stables. We were there very first when they first opened the training centre. And so we've, you know, and we're Sydney people, so we're, you know, it's, it's um, we, we haven't, you know, it's been a, it, it's a big move, but it, it's, it's not, um, it's not like we're moving, you know, we're still here at the farm and we've still got the farm to come back to. So you're moving home. Yes, yeah. We, yeah. And, and both our parents are, Colin, oh, well, both our, um, our, our fathers are past, but our, our, um, Colin's mother and my mother are elderly and, you know, it's, it's just time. It's just time and, and it gets a chance to slow down a little bit. Yeah. I, I want to talk about your mum because I know she's near and dear to your heart for obvious reasons, but would I be right in saying she's in her early 90s and she's still doing one day of work a week at David Jones? 95, yeah, she's 95. 
Yeah. Yeah. And she COVID, still works just, one day a week. Yeah. Well, she was doing three days until COVID, and then she's uh, yeah she works every Thursday. Yeah, and uh, well, I don't know if anyone remembers '96, but um, there was a character called Dory Evans, and that's a nickname. She doesn't stop talking, and she likes uh, she likes the social. So um, yeah, she's been Dory Evans since the uh, she's been Dory since the '70s. So um, yeah, she she just she just thinks of a day out with the girls. But uh, no, she's done great. She's she's fantastic. Yeah, she's old. So what, Dave, what's her role within that organisation? Uh, well, she's been with. Uh, um, a, um, a company for 40 ideas, Alabashe Skincare, and uh, she's one of the first representatives for Alabashe uh, when they first came out. So she's got a, she works at the Alabashe counter at, um, at DJ's. All right, the secret to longevity. What would you say with her? Alabashe, she says, she's a good saleswoman. <laughs> <laughs> In the winners circle the other night too, I, I see Dy. Yes, DY, yeah, yeah. Well, she's, yeah. Uh, yeah, mum lives in DY and she's got a little share, so, um, yeah, so uh, you got the name. Um, yeah, that took a while. That was, yeah, and, and even it took a while for him to get down the straight, but, uh, yeah, he had 16 starts. I think he's won about 16,000 before he, he actually won his first race, but uh, he got there, he got his bonus. And yeah, that's happy. the main yeah. thing. You, you touched on the health issues, that the prostate cancer. Um, is that an ongoing battle? Uh, yeah, 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 to a degree, yeah. Um, what's happened is, because I, I had the surgery, um, your PSA, you shouldn't have any, prost uh, any PSA counting your blood uh, results. And ever since I've had the surgery, which was 18 months ago, uh, it's still there and it keeps going up. So uh, there's been uh, cells that have escaped uh, before the surgery and um, so now what they're going to do is uh, because of my, my first PET scan couldn't pinpoint it so after my next blood test in three months time I'll, uh, I'll probably start radiation but in myself I feel really good and feel fit and healthy and um, yeah just living in the hands of my, my doctor and uh, yeah I think everything should be okay. All right. So when you relocate and you're based at Menangle, uh, what, what's the ultimate number for David Aiken? Uh, I think we're going to start with 12, but that's that's going to be a reduction, hopefully. I've just got a couple of young ones there that we bred that we'll be, uh, we'll be playing around up there with, but uh, probably around 10. Yeah, there's one side of a barn there. And, but um, I've probably said that for the last 30 years, but <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But that's the plan anyway, because it's, yeah. it's, it's actually been very hard since COVID to get the right people to help you. And... Um, yeah, and everyone's in the same position, so the less the better. And um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I don't think we've got a, you know, we've got a very light Saturday night team, but I think our Tuesday uh, horses uh, will will be very competitive. That's another big thing that I wanted to touch on with you. You just mentioned the word help. Um, the amount of help that you've given people in this industry, uh, in particular a lot of junior drivers, you've given them a start. That, that that's a key thing for you, isn't it? Uh, you, you're prepared to give a young person a go. Oh yeah, no, I, I, you know, I just love being around them. You know, we've always had um, our, our last one just went to Barry Purden for. Uh, I had Peter Walsh's sixteen-year-old daughter come and help us um, on weekends and holidays, and um, you know, I'm a big kid at heart, and you know, I've, we've always had, you know, we've had a few trouble kids come to our place, and um, you know, it's probably unofficially fostered them, um, but. 
you know, we've always ha had them there and we enjoy, you know, and, and then watching them progress and, and do well in the industry, it's, it's been really good. And, you know, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm in contact with most of them every week, even, um, you know, I think Ricky Tolo was the first one to, to, to come to our place and I probably talk to him three times a week, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, they've become part of our family, and uh, you know we really enjoy that part of it. And Colleen's, uh, you know, being a school teacher, and she's a, she's a, um, you know, she's great with, the, with young people, and you know what I can't sort of teach them with the horses, she sort of teaches them in other areas. So it's really good. Yeah, you got mates all over the world as well. Uh, you've got some great connections in, in North America. Uh, you just mentioned Peter Walsh, but Brett Pilling, he, he, he's another one of your great mates, isn't he? Yeah, well, I went to work for his dad, Brian, when I was 21, and Brett and I, I didn't know Brett when I went over, and we lived together um, when we were both working for his dad, and we've kept in contact, and, um, you know, I've just marvelled at, you know, his career. Um, yeah, and I talk to I talk to Brett regularly, and uh, he's a uh, very deep thinker. Um, and you know, we he, he, he sort of you know we talk we talk about you know um, how we can improve on our training all the time. You know, different you know different things that you know people come up with and things like that. You know, he's he's always you know thinking outside the square, which um, it's uh, interesting at times. And um, mm. yeah, he's a. But he, he's what he's done when he's gone back is just crazy. You know, like he had that big time off, and he's gone back and proved, you know, the great trainer he is. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask you, what's the best horse that you've seen in the flesh? Um, it's a hard one. I, you know, the horse that had the biggest wow factor for me was Christian Cullen. Just his presence mm. and speed. Um, yeah, you know, I just, well, I don't know, he, he was just, I would love to see him on an angle. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd only say Christian Collins, really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've got a question that I've got to ask because, as I said, you've got friends everywhere. Uh, so once word got out that you were on, on the radio this morning, I had text being fired in. Why do they call you Coma? Uh, I'm a bit vague sometimes, um, <laughs> but but I've got a philosophy there because there's no expectations, Chris. So, you know, if I do something okay, well, they just reckon I slip out of a coma. But um, so, but if I do something a bit dopey, well, it's just, you know, I can, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's just normal. So, I've, yeah, I've so. got a great story about you, David. You were there that day. I remember being in Melbourne for a barrier draw for a hundred cup function years ago, and. We ended up going to the uh, the casino after the function finished. There was myself, you, Gavin Lang, and I think David Murphy was with us as well. And I remember we were in the casino. Gavin Lang says to me, the late Gavin Lang, you know why they call him D.A.? And me vaguely saying, D David Aiken, that's his name. No. I said, district attorney, defence attorney. And he said, no. He said... Darrow attractor and I looked at him I said what he said you'll see within five minutes you were bailed up in the corner in this bar that we're at and being chastised about some sort of harness racing issue by some fan and he looked at me Gavin Lane he said told you so 
Yeah, I've got a magnet. That, that's you. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a magnet. Yeah, there's one in the room, no problem. Um, yeah, but yeah, and the worst part of that, I'll talk to them for an hour. Yeah, but, that's the nice yeah, thing yeah. about you, David. You know, you obviously haven't got an ego, and you listen to people. I mean, we all get yeah. that at the races sometimes, but you know, you sit there and take the time. I think that's a real credit to you. Yeah. Oh well, it's just you know, it's, you know, it's just, it doesn't really worry me, but everyone else gets a laugh out of it. Yeah. A couple of other things that I wanted to ask you about, David. Uh, drivers. You're a, a big believer that drivers can create speed with horses. Um, Nathan Jack, who, who you use now and he's driving Max Delight on Saturday night, he's one that can get speed out of horses. Toddy McCarthy, and now that he's in North America, uh, you, you were big on Toddy believing that he can get speed out of horses. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I think that's been a little bit of a difference with um, with Nathan jumping on Max Delight. Um, and Todd used to do it with him too. Like just, I don't know, it was just a gift. And I, I've talked to Johnny McCarthy about it. Um, um, and actually, only recently, I said, you know, you said your horse is going good because actually Johnny's desperate for him to get over a million because he's breeding out of a full system of Max Delight. So he's... <laughs> um, so we talk. We, I talk to John uh, often, and um, I said, you know, he's. Uh, it's just like when Todd used to drive me. I don't know what they do, but they can just generate that speed. And he said, I asked Todd one day, how do you get him off the gate so quick? And Todd said, I don't know. He said, that's what mm. I, you know. So I think it's, um, yeah. And you see, uh, Dexter done in America the same. You know, um, you know, he was a great driver in New Zealand, Australia here, but. You know, they're gonna have they like they're world they're world class those boys and I don't So know you're not do, the least bit surprised that they've gone over there and done what they've done, guys like Dexter and Andy and Toddy? Not at all. No, yeah. not at all. Um you know, I thought Toddy was uh, when he first when he went and I remember Dexter going over for just a short period of time before he drove in the world drivers and I was he used to watch the metal end sort of Sunday morning and he didn't look out of place even before he went there. You know, full time, and uh, now that you know, and you see, you see some drivers here. Um, Cam Hart's another one. Um, uh, Jackie Cow, you know, like they they look like they can, they'd fit straight in there, lightweight. Yeah, okay. yeah and they just I don't know what they do, but they just, you know, uh, Cameron Hart's, you know, he, he's outstanding. He, he doesn't seem yeah. to worry about too much, and they always seem to be in the right spot. And when he when he asks, they, you know, they get they go quick. Yeah. Could Nathan Jack go there and fit in? Uh, maybe, yeah. Maybe. He might have to sit back a little bit. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, no, he, you know, Nathan's just a good horseman. You know, he's come from a good fam you know, horse uh, family. And, uh, yeah, he's been... Uh, I used to use Nathan when he first started driving, when I first came down here. Um, He's, he's my junior driver, and yeah, he's been he's been a, a good he's fan, fantastic, probably as good a form person that, that's driven for me. You know, before the race, he uh, he gives you a rundown what he's thinking, uh, things going on, and nine times out of ten, he's, he's spot on. Yeah. 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 Just in wrapping up, David, I've compiled a list and I've almost run out of ink when I started uh, penning this uh, list. Just of the horses, and I want to. I want to go through this list because I want the listeners to, to appreciate and understand how many great horses that you've put the polish on. So in no particular order, I just started writing names down. Ultra Jet, the former North American. T 
Tiff's mystery. They were both placed in Inter-Dominion finals. Franco Glenn, Joshua Tree, Hector JJ, Max Delight, Lenny the Shark, My High Expectations, Rapper's Delight, Malcolm's Rhythm, Cold Major, Smudge Bromac, Composed, Wartime Sweetheart, Cold Sister, Big Jack Hammer, Raptor's Flight, Higher Than, a, uh, higher than an Eagle, Audi Air, I'm the Boss, Spider Girl, Jack of Clive, In Sucha, Swing Out Sister, Gay Adam, Rivers Road, Lots of World, Chewapika Vale, Leo Gets, Coco's Dream, We Own a Brave. Not a bad lineup. No, they're okay, yeah. Uh, we had some fun, you know, they were, uh, and, and, you know, there wasn't a, that, that, there wasn't a nasty one amongst those ones. Uh, they were, you know, you're just lucky you can get them, and, um, and then, you know, actually the first one, Toby Dwayne, he, he raced in the 85 Inter, and, yeah. and then you sort of start to race in those better races, and you get, you know, I was only 25 at the time, I think, but you get noticed, and then you get one or two more, and then Mick Lombardo did me a favour, sent me a, a few over, um, our mighty son, and Sunshine Forever, and, and uh, White the World, and, um, and then I got, you know, we were getting horses from Perth, and horses... Um, going from New Zealand right to America. So, we, you know, we just sort of had a really good turnover of nice horses. And, it, and once you get that ball rolling, you can keep it going. It's, um, you know, you, you think one goes and you think, oh, it'll be a while before I get another one, all of a sudden something turns up and away you go again. David, it's Steve. My most memorable harness race is the 87 Queensland Derby that Wayne Wilson called the clash of Rufus Youngblood and Gay Adam. Were you, were you in the sulky that night on Gay Adam? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes, yes. What did you think? Yes. I mean, the crowd just erupted. You led, I think, on Gay Adam. Rufus came up on your outside, coming to the turn. Yeah, that was um, that was unreal. That race. It, um, they built it all. They built it. It was. It, it, you know, we used to get a lot of press coverage back in those days, and um, they built it up as a match race, and it just turned out that way. It turned, the only thing I don't like about that race is when I watch the replay. You know, there was no whip rules and. I sort of cringe a little bit how we used to hit them. We used to hit them like a little bit too hard. And uh, But, you know, we went down by a nose. Um, Dickie Lee and I didn't know who'd won it, but, um, you know, I, I missed out on the photo. But, yeah, as I said, they built it up as a match race and it was, it was, uh, it was certainly was. And I could, I, I could remember the crowd, like, at the, on the finishing line, like, you know, the roar of the crowd. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, standing room only. Who was in, who was in the sulky Rufus Youngblood? Uh, Dick Lee. Dick Lee, okay. Did you chat yeah, after the race? Did you think you'd, you'd been beaten on the line? We actually shook hands, um, and Dick and I were staying down. Um, they used to have the stables underneath the semaphore board there at Albion Park. And we, um, I knew Dick before as just an acquaintance, but we got to know each other really well. And, uh, yeah. and we, um, yeah, we remained sort of... You know, we were, put, you know, we were, we end up good mates after that because uh, you spent that couple of weeks together, and we were doing press conferences and you know, and, and doing things like that, and it was, and you know, went to the barrier draw together, and yeah, then ended up being, you know, reported out down the straight. One final one, David. Is South Australia the only place that you haven't won a feature race? Because I can tick off Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, Tasmania, Western Australia. Have you won a feature in South Australia? Yeah, I butchered uh, Ultra Jet there in the in the um, what I run third in the uh, SA. I haven't been there all that much either, uh, Chris. Uh, I've only raced in Adelaide probably four times. Um, yeah. yeah, so I haven't sort of had that opportunity. It, 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 
it's a tough one. It's always pretty strong uh, when I first came here, that South Australian Cup, and that time of year, it's, it's usually brutally hot. And, um, it's just one of those places that I just sort of kept away from a little bit. Um, yeah, I took um, It's All Greek to Me and 15 Letters over there one year. Uh, 15 Letters for the Derby. Yeah. And it's All Greek to Me for the... Yeah, and then I had Old Cadets when I, when I was in Sydney. But... Um, yeah, then I haven't really been there since. Yeah, so I do really haven't had much of an opportunity there. Yeah. Okay. I really appreciate the time, appreciate the chat. Uh, a legend of our sport, there's no question about it. Good luck with Max Delight on Saturday night. Hopefully he'll crack that million-dollar barrier. And good luck back with the, uh, the move to Sydney as well. And you might even be able to get out and cheer on your beloved Eels as well. Well, it might take more than me cheering the poor old... I, I, well, since I've been in Melbourne, I've um, I'm, I nearly sit on the fence now at the Storm Parramatta game. So um, yeah, I, uh, my, my, wife, my wife fell in love with Billy Slater, so we went to a lot of Storm games while, since we've been here. And um, yeah, but uh, yeah, they need a little bit of help for old Parra. But we live in hope. The great Tuki, um, um, he's been informing me for the last 15 years, and even a couple of weeks ago that they're training the place down. But yeah, but he must be a bad judge. We all know Turkey might be a real good judge. Yeah. 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 Hey, David, appreciate the time. Stay well and uh, continued good success. Thank you. Thanks. For, thanks. 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 Good morning. Yeah, David Aiken speaking to Chris Barsby. They've got 300 metres to go. This is what we've been waiting for. Gay Adam the inside. Rufus Youngblood the outside. They're locked together. Rufus Youngblood has moved up. He's taped his nose in front. Rufus Youngblood just in front of Gay Adam. They're fighting it out. Rufus Youngblood the outside. Gay Adam kicking again the inside. Rufus Youngblood, Gay Adam. It's going to be a ding dong if they hit it. Yeah, I was sort of hoping it was a dead heat, but as we heard there, it was certainly um, Rufus Youngblood by a narrow margin. Talia McMullen is with us, Chris. Yeah, and she was able to uh, pull off a little uh, victory last week, and it flew under the radar. Her trotter, Scruffy Doolan, went down to Sydney, got the victory. He lines up again this Saturday night. Talia's online with us now. Talia, appreciate the time. When did this little plan get hatched about Scruffy going to Sydney? Um, it was actually pretty last minute. The fifth Saturday including, I don't think the trot's just been on for the last four, four Saturday nights. So no free-for-all trot up here. And I looked at the noms um, for last Saturday and there was only two noms and it obviously wasn't going to stand up. So I just quickly rang New South Wales and um, they said that, yeah, they were a bit light on the numbers for the trotters down there and had room so I just thought why not take him down and, and put him in. Okay. It, it was a dramatic finish. Jungle Eyes was out in front, made the break and then there was a wall chasing Jungle Eyes including Scruffy Doolin. Did you think you'd won watching the, 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 the monitor at the time? Um, I did think he won right on the line but when I was watching it and Josh pulled him out, I kind of thought, oh, he's not really doing a real lot. Um, I was just kind of cheering him for second, and then right on the line when that one galloped, I thought, oh, he just got there, I think. So it was pretty exciting. Yeah, too right. Can he do it again on, on Saturday night? I think it's a, a bit of a harder race, but he, he really just loves it down at Menangle. It's a, it was probably a different horse that probably wouldn't 
really be that keen to take him there, but um, just with how well he performed last time, um, I thought there's no reason that he won't go as good. And yeah, he just seems to love the track. It is a bit harder this week, but I think with the right run, I definitely think he's a chair. Why is it that you think uh, he just loves it down there at Menangle? It's a pretty big horse and it probably doesn't handle the turns quite as well at Albion. And I think he just loves the big track and it's such a long straight. And I think a lot of people say that, you know, they get a bit tired the last little 50 and Scrappy just keeps going the same speed. He, he probably lacks a little bit of really high speed, but he just keeps on going the same speed and, and yeah, it kind of takes the metres off some weight. Okay, so when does he come home? Is there any sort of plan in place when he comes home? Or if he's going well down there, he'll stay down there? Um, I'd say he'll probably stay down there for, for at least a month at this stage. Um, he is my favourite, so it was a hard decision to leave him now. I think if I took him myself, he probably would have been coming back home. But Trent took him down and um, Trent doesn't love him as much as me, so he stayed there. But, uh, yeah, we'll just see how he goes. Um, but my favourite, so he'll probably be coming home at some stage. OK, well, it might be the tough love that uh, that Trent uh, is applying that uh, gets the best out of him. Uh, possibly. Um, he was here all week, last week, so I was a bit sad <laughs> to see him go, and then he went down Thursday and, yeah, Trent comes home Sunday and, unfortunately, yeah, just by, by himself with no horse. Well, hopefully he can get the job done again. Talia, Good luck with uh, Scruffy again on Saturday night. Thank you. There's Talia McMullen. So he goes around in race seven, uh, gate six, and that race is over the mile there on Saturday night. Matty Young's about to join us, Steve. Good card coming through tomorrow night from the West Gloucester Park. Ten races. We're gearing up towards the Nullarbor. Matty's online. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. Uh, that's a cracking mare's race tomorrow night. Yeah, collectively, I think that's probably the best mares race I've seen in WA in my life. Uh, I think it's just uh, absolutely outstanding. The mile adds an extra element to the race and the barrier draws. And, yeah, it's just uh, absolutely outstanding field. Really looking forward to it. Who wins it? I think Steno can. Um, taking the mickey's not the quickest horse off the arm. Well, she, she's reasonably out the gate, but Steno's lightning, and Cyclone Charlotte is first up for a little while. She's got some gate speed as well, but I thought uh, they'd probably look at uh, potentially taking the cover on um, Steno in this race. Um, wonderful to fly. I'll be hoping that doesn't happen, because the more pace on is going to suit her, but she's first up. You would say that she would need the run. She was down to trial yesterday at Pinjarra, but she didn't trial, so... Um, all of this is uh, great in hindsight if uh, we if we even race on Friday night. So um, that's the, that's the big query right now. We're about to enter day one of a four-day heat wave. So uh, yeah, if if they do race, I think Steno has got the gate speed to get across and lead, and the section that she can run makes her nearly unbeatable when she's in front. Any chance of moving like they did with the gallops out to Bunbury? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. They've pushed the meeting back a little bit, um, but I think there's going to be a lot of discussions today in regards to what's going to happen with these meetings. It's scheduled to be 42 in Perth tomorrow, and uh, we've got 
43 on Saturday, 42 on Sunday, um, which is going to see the Williams meeting probably fall by the wayside because it's out in the middle of a paddock. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not looking promising. but And it looks like being 39 uh, on Monday, and I think it's 40 today. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty hot, but I'm not sure where they're going to place across the park if they can at all. But I think they've pushed the meeting back to 10 past 6 start time here in the West. Um, makes things a little bit cooler, but these uh, days here in WA, the, it gets to about 35 plus at about 10 a.m. and it holds that until about 7:30, 8 o'clock at night. So it's um, it's a slight concern for sure. Mm. Um, give us the best bet, and we'll just see if this meeting does proceed. Then. Uh, yeah, well, I like three. Well, Scano is one of them. Race five, number three. Um, Race three, number one, hotly pursued. You talk about good fields. This is a cracking race, that third race. Hotly pursued, the Mickey Taker, Soho Santorini. El Capone, Jaws of Lincoln, Sugar Street. Uh, fantastic field, but I think hotly pursued can win. So race three, number one. Race five, number three, Steno. And race six, number six, Mr. Mont Blanc. OK, so there you have it. So three by one, five by three, and six by six, Mr. Mont Blanc. So... It, it'll be interesting, and we'll know more. But just looking at it, it it's been a brutal summer over there. Yeah, it has. Um, looking outside into my paddock, and very dry and desolate at the moment. So um, we're hoping for an incredibly wet winter. But yeah, it's, it's been very a very hot summer. And when we've had um, our hottest conditions, they've hung around for about four or five days. So. The long strings of 40 plus degree weather over here which mm. makes things pretty awful to be around yeah very uncomfortable Matty appreciate the time uh, stay cool over there stay hydrated and we'll talk uh, next week cheers guys